Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And he hits one into left field. Back at the track, at the wall. It's a 1-1 game. Scott Rowland gets his first home run in the postseason since 2004 when he went deep off Roger Clemens in Game 7 of the NLCS. Game 1 of the 2006 World Series. Scott Rowland going deep for the Cardinals. Yesterday, Scott Rowland elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And Brooke Grimsley in for Kerry Davis. Randy Carricker with you. We go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Our friend and still teammate, the one, the only Brad Thompson, joins us to talk some Scott Rowland. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, Randy, Brooke, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Everything's good. Now, I need to get uh, one thing out of the way because I saw you during the weekend down at Cardinal Fantasy Camp, and your your hammy was kind of barking. How are you now? Randy, I got to tell you, if, if the story ended with, uh, with my left hamstring barking, that would have been great. As you know, I told you. Uh, I'm a little bit, uh, apparently I'm getting older. You know, I felt a little something running to first base, and I'm like, okay, well, that's no big deal. Next inning, go out and field the ground ball to my left, felt a good pop, so that, that left one was purple the next day. Uh, so I, I get it. You know, when you see somebody, uh, it looks like they got shot out there on the field. That's what that feels like. But, Randy, the next day, our team made it to the championship game, and I had that left one wrapped up, and I'm like, okay, well, here we go. Let's, let's do this. Uh, I tried to score from second. Brendan Ryan got a base hit. Championship game, got to go, got to go. Between third and home, the sniper got me in the right hamstring. So both of them gone within within a matter of two days. So I'm sitting here just straight leg walking around nowadays. Uh, and waiting for these bad boys to come back. So, oh, uh, Scott Rowland, I am not. <laughs> You're Tyler O'Neill. Oh, basically, basically without the upside. Like, that's the hard part. <laughs> hey, I wa- as we start here talking about Scott Rowland, I want, to tell this, uh, want you to tell your story about your Major League debut. Well, so uh, I got called up uh, in early 2005, and as you guys know, that was a very veteran team there. The, the youngest guy on that roster was Yadier Molina, but it almost felt like Yadi was already established at that point. You knew that he was the heir apparent for Matheny, uh, so he was in. I mean, that's a roster that had uh, Scott, obviously, Jim Edmonds, Larry Walker, Reggie Sanders, so very veteran group. I get called up, and uh, first game up, I get up in the bullpen. It'd be a, you know, Tony calls down, tight game late, and it was a game that I – like, I was like, oh, my God, I want to get into this game. This is fantastic. Tony knew darn well that I was not going to get into that game, but he wanted to get the adrenaline flowing, and that's probably good because I was giving out souvenirs in the bullpen, just chucking <laughs> stuff over everybody. Uh, but it was like five or six days later that I actually did get into a game, and it was Mother's Day uh, 2005. It was Bush 2. 
So you guys, you remember how how enclosed it was and how big it felt at Bush Stadium. Weekend game, absolutely packed. I get the call. I'm jogging in. And I do make the mistake of when I'm jogging in from the bullpen of doing the little look around. And I say, oh, my gosh. Okay, this is a lot. This is a lot going on here. I get out to the mound. I'm throwing my warm-up pitches. And, you know, as you throw your last warm-up pitch, they throw it around the infield. And it's got rolling over there at third. He's the last one to get the baseball. And he comes walking over to me. And Scott looks. He goes, hey, hey, your parents make it in? I said, no, nah, they're not here yet, uh, Mr. Roland. They're going to be here in a couple of days. Uh, and he's like, okay. And he keeps looking around. He's like, man, a lot of people here, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a whole lot of people here. And he flips me the ball, flips me the baseball. He says, well, good luck. And he just crossed back over to his position. I said, okay, uh, you know, here we go. Nothing to worry about. But it was, it was just so funny. And, and Randy, you got, to know, you got to know Scott over the years. Scott Rowland, like when you're watching him on the field, he's the epitome of like what you want to be. He's nose down, go to work, does everything 100%. When you get to know him, though, he's hilarious. Like he is sneaky funny, and he's always like jabbing a little bit. There's always something under there. So him doing the whelp, good luck, like it was it was probably really funny, yet yet uh, terrifying at the time. <laughs> that's that's amazing, Brad. I I'm sure it's hard to kind of dwindle this down, but is there just a specific play with Scott Rowland that just sticks out in your mind, just memory wise, of witnessing? There's not one for sure, but it was really funny yesterday. Uh, as you know, highlights are going all over the place of Scott and his career. And known, uh, he's a complete player. But a lot of people, when you think Scott Rowland, you think the glove of over 300 home runs, over 500 doubles. Like, but you think uh, about the defense. And uh, it was funny as I'm seeing a bunch of these highlights roll. I saw more than one of number 48 on the mound as he's flagging <laughs> stuff over at third base because you know that like that was my game is let somebody hit it really hard at somebody talented and let them do the job. Uh, so when when I'm thinking Scott Rowland though, really, I'm thinking about the play where he's going to the backhand where it ends up ranging into foul territory and he throws a rocket over there to first base. Like, that's the play that I see oftentimes. But the guy's range and the athleticism, especially as big as he was, like, he's built like a, you know, a brick house. Like, the guy is a monster. The way that he was able to move and the arm strength that he had, I mean, he'd end up in foul territory on a knee and throw a laser over to first base. And I think that we see a lot of times, I mean, there's not that many third basemen that find themselves in Cooperstown. I believe, what is it, Randy? You see the 15th third baseman? Yeah, 15 or 18. It's, yeah, it's I mean, a small it, number. It really is. And a lot of times that, that's because guys that profile to be like Hall of Fame at that position oftentimes have to switch off of it because the athleticism just isn't there anymore to play that position. He played it at a high mark for a really long time. And there is no better feeling for a pitcher to not even have to look after a ball is hit to that side of the field. And I had that luxury with Scott Rowland and David Eckstein on the left hand of the left hand side of the infield, like you never had to look. You'd give up a laser that way, and I just fix the mound. I'm like, all right, let's go get the next guy because you just knew it was going to be there, and that's a luxury right now that the Cardinals pitching staff has with Nolan Arenado over at third base. You think about how fortunate we've been to get to see Scott Rowland and now Nolan, and then certainly with Tommy Edmond at short. Anything that's hit to that side is an out. 
BT, one of the things that b- baseball players take a hit for sometimes is their toughness. You mentioned his size, but what he dealt with, and you were in the clubhouse with him and saw what he had to deal with with that shoulder. There, he was playing a lot when he should not have been playing. For sure, for sure. And the, uh, unfortunately, and it's, it's smart, like you're not going to let all the information out to the opposition knows what you're dealing with. But your fans don't know what you're dealing with either, right? Uh, and uh, you know, from from a broadcast side, I think that when you listen closely, uh, there would there would be you know alluding to what the shoulder was like and what he's battling through. But that shoulder was a mess. I mean, he had that collision, uh, I believe it was 2005, right, with right. Stop Joy, yep. and it was like he just never was quite the same after that yet he still figured out a way to get it done. So all the work that he did beforehand and all the therapy and all the stuff that he had to grind through, a lot of guys, and I don't want this to sound like a, like a, a back-in-my-day thing or a back-in-Scott's day, like a, a lot of guys don't know how to work through those things and the difference you know, between, hey, this is a pain that I might have or this is something I can't get over. He just worked through it, and it wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't fun oftentimes to work through a lot of the things that he did, but he just wanted to be out there. He's a winner. He was not – I don't think that Scott ever was thinking about, hey, I hope, I hope I make it to the Hall of Fame and I hope I hit 30 home runs this year or hope I drive in 100. He said, I want us to win. And when you watched him work and you watched the things that he goes through, I think that when, when I hear you talk about like, that part of it too, being injured, I think about Larry Walker, also a guy on that team who was just like battling forever to get himself on the field, another Hall of Famer. Like that's a, those are the guys that you want to emulate. You never want to have to deal with the injuries that they, they do, but you want to compete the way that they competed. So when I'm thinking about Scott Rowland, like that's what I think about. I think about the, the work ethic and everything that it took to, to do what he did. You got a guy that averaged 25 home runs and 102 uh, RBI uh, in, in his 17 year career. I mean, that's a pretty darn good 162 game average. So but the guy, it wasn't easy just to get out there every day for him. Brad, now, Scott said last night that he said he hasn't exactly decided which team's hat he will adorn on his bust in the Hall of Fame. If you could, you know, maybe decide for him or your just thoughts on which hat you think he should have. Yeah, he's a cardinal. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is where he was beloved, right? Uh, so... Makes his uh, makes his way in Philadelphia. We all know kind of how that that all went there. It just wasn't the perfect marriage. They gave him the start. Very talented, uh, but this is kind of where baseball fell in love with Scott Rowland is in St. Louis. So personal decision and a tough one. Like I know it's, a, it's very easy as Cardinal fans to just say, "Oh, for sure." If, if you were a Cardinal, put on the the STL, and it's an honor to wear that hat. It's an honor to wear the jersey. But you also try not to disrespect other organizations that you played for and gave you an opportunity throughout the years. But, I mean, if you're trying to pick between all of the landing spots and certainly bounce around a little bit, Toronto, Cincinnati, uh, after, after the Cardinals, look, he's, he's a Cardinal through and through. He's a Cardinal Hall of Famer. He'll be remembered here forever. If you've got to pick a cap, I mean, this is an easy one for me. I'm not sure it's as easy for Scott. BT, one last thing. Now, as you have a chance to reflect, think about this. When you came up, that team that you were playing with, you were the pitcher, half of the starting eight is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Pujols. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, Pujols, Molina, Walker, Roland. That's incredible, isn't it? It is, it is incredible. And it was something that, like, I knew, I knew when I came up how talented that team was. And 
I, I did absolutely go by the old adage of better to be seen than to be heard. But in that, that clubhouse, it meant more than just, hey, rookie, shut up. It was there. It's like I got a chance to learn something. Every single day when I'm watching these guys or I'm listening to these guys or I'm seeing how they work, like there is something special that is here. Uh, but now seeing it from a, from a higher view, first of all, how lucky were we to watch like the team in 2004? 2005 was you know a, a more talented team on paper than the 2016 that ultimately ended up winning the World Series. Like it was just a it was a great team and a great era of Cardinal baseball. But amazing to see these guys going into Cooperstown, heading there in a couple of years, as you mentioned with Albert and with Yadier Molina. It's just a special time, and it's a, a tradition here in St. Louis that keeps continuing. You know, the Hall of Famers uh, they they keep wearing that uniform. Nolan Arenado, I mean, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I believe that Goldie is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. There are a lot of things going good in this organization, but a pretty special team to be a part of. And we we can't bury the lead here. Double pulled hamstrings, and you did the second one in the championship game. Did you win the game? No, ultimately lost. I will say that run, that run, it was in the first inning. It made it one nothing. It felt pretty good. Now, I was slated the, uh, the bottom half of that inning where the visitor team, Randy. Uh, I was slated to play third base, and I was picking it okay over there. Uh, and uh, our third baseman, who was a stud, okay, he's a very good player, he was not slated to start there that inning. That was going to be me. He made two errors in the inning. It was a rocky start. Uh, but uh, you know what? Ultimately, we lost by 10. So it had nothing to do with that. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a fun time. You know the fantasy camps are great. It was so great to see you down there. It was great to see Patrick. Patrick did such a great job. I don't know if you talked about it already, but he was speaking on behalf of Mercy and his journey, uh, you know, through through uh, through his cancer treatments and what Mercy has meant to him. And it was just a really fantastic weekend. And I thought Patrick did a great job. And what a great representative he is. Just so happy to see him doing well and and being uh, you know being that spokesperson for getting that out there for young adults and adolescents because it's uh, it's a kind of one of those areas, Randy, as you very well know, for a lot of people it kind of falls through the cracks and Mercy's making sure it doesn't happen. BT, you're the best. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Love having you on and uh, love you and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, love you guys too. I will uh, talk to you soon. And look, I'm filling in for BK the next couple of days. I'll see you in there. All right. I love it. Thank you, sir. That's the great uh, Brad, Brad Thompson, um, 101 ESPN. And as we head out here, we're going to talk a little bit more baseball about Albert Pools, but got to hear this as we go to break. Runners go, and the pitch is hit left side. Rolling from his knees. Oh, what a play! Takes a hit away. And the possibility of two runs scoring and gets the final out in the top of the fourth. Remarkable play from Rowland.